Welcome back to another episode of the Pugging Cop Boxing Show. Big, big news day to get into today, Lance. We have Canelo Alvarez. Of course, he's free from both Golden Boy and the Zone now. We're going to figure out where he's going to fight next and against whom. We have Deontay Wilder trying to push through with that third fight against Tyson Fury and everything that goes into that on the legal side. The Ryan Garcia, Luke Campbell delay. The Alexander Flores, Luis Ortiz controversy and a ton more. And also we're going to be joined by former welterweight champion Kel Brook who fights Terrence Crawford this Saturday on ESPN in the U.S. and Premier Sports in the U.K. All right, everyone, let's get started now. Let's get ready to podcast! If you're going to go stick your head in the sand like that, get out of the sport. Mike Coppinger. It's creating a huge mess. It's absurd. No, you're wrong. So the only it seems the like only a cash grab. You need to turn up and you need to be on it. We just started going at it. you got to go eat. The Pug and Cop Boxing Show on The Athletic. Lance, right off the top, biggest news, Canelo Alvarez. We're not really sure where he's going to fight next, what network it's going to be, who it's going to be against. We, we thought maybe Caleb Plant. I'm hearing now that Caleb Plant fight is dead, at least for December. And now we have news that Eddie Hearn, I'm told, has made an offer to Cano to come back to the zone to fight in December against either Callum Smith or John Ryder. What do you think happens and what do you want to say? Well, I mean, ideally, Mike, I really like the idea of Canelo coming back against Caleb Plant. I thought it was a ballsy move. I think that Caleb Plant, you know, standing as this young, uh, undefeated world champion was going to give Canelo at least an interesting test. And I, I was actually intrigued by that fight. It seems very, very surprising and odd that he would even consider going back to the zone, uh, considering all the acrimony that just took place. But let's be honest, out of all the guys that he could potentially fight, about against Callum Smith is Callum Smith is probably the best fight that he could take on. So again, you're getting into a undefeated super middleweight world champion who's probably, you know, if you were going to rank the, that division, he would be above Caleb Plant. So if that fight can go down, that'd be great. If it's John Ryder, uh-uh, I really don't care to see that. It, 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 uh, harkens back to, uh, uh, some dark days when he, when he opened. Uh, the DAZN relationship against Rocky Fielding. So I'd rather see, <laughs> I'd rather see Canelo, you know. Fielding actually owns a win over Ryder, although Ryder's a better fighter. Uh, but That's tough. That's tough. I mean, let's be, I mean, I know you've done some reporting on this, Mike. I mean, what do you think is going to happen after all the people you've talked to in the last 48 hours? I think it's going to come down to who can give Canelo the best package while also giving him that flexibility of fighting on the one fight deal. You know, ESPN is out there. They do a lot of boxing. They want to be in the pay-per-view game. And they've only done one with top rank since that deal started. So maybe that's attractive. We have PBC, of course. Um, maybe Showtime, who has the relationship with PBC. Showtime used to have a long-term deal with Canelo. That could, that's that been floated around a lot. Yeah. But when, I, when we look, when we really survey the scene, there's only two places that have viable opponents for Canelo. And that's PBC with Caleb Plant, David Benavidez, and perhaps Jamal Charlo, if he's going to go up and wait, which I'm sure he would. And then there's the zone. Um, Canelo's uh, former partner, like you mentioned, Callum Smith. I love that fight. Billy Joe Saunders on that side. Golovkin in the future. Maybe Canelo does say, you know what? I don't have a problem with the zone. I have a problem with Golden Boy. They're out of the picture now. And if Eddie Hearn's going to give him the most money, I could see him doing it. 
Yeah, you know, it's a very shrewd move by Eddie Hearn too, Mike, right? Because he he kind of, uh, he must have sensed that there was some issues going on with PBC trying to bring Canelo aboard. And he swoops in with, you know, Callum Smith or Ryder. And now, you know, at least this is, this is a topic on the table. What is there? Can, is there anything that you know about like what is going south with the Caleb Plant thing? I, my assumption would be is that the time frame is just they're trying to, it's too compressed and they're trying to squeeze it in too quickly for such an important fight. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing, Lance. It's just, um, look, PBC has a pay per view December 5th. Errol Spence, Danny Garcia yeah. on Fox in Dallas. To go two weeks later would be difficult. And you know how this goes, all the activations you need for a pay-per-view. I just don't know that there's enough time, but I am told that it is indeed dead, at least for now. And apparently, Canelo is dead set on fighting in December. I don't blame the guy. Like, right? Yeah. He wants to fight badly. He's always in the gym. He's in great shape. And the zone, if that's the best case, maybe he does it. And you know, at first I thought, wow, that's crazy. Then I thought more about it, and I was like, well, Colton Boy is out of the picture now. You know, it could be complicated is we reported last week that Triple G finally is supposed to fight against Camille Zarameta on December 18th or December 19th. We have the Ryan Garcia news that he's, you know, Luke Campbell has COVID and can't fight on December 5th. The zone was looking at putting that fight on December 19th, potentially. Oh. And now Canelo maybe could fight on December 19th. So a lot to sort out and lots for us to figure out in the coming days and weeks. Absolutely. Great reporting on this, Mike. And I know you also had a, a major story that just broke with uh, Deontay Wilder's side and his manager, Shelly Finkel, uh, pers- you know, making, making some moves to try to force uh, Tyson Fury to fight for a third time. What can you tell us about that story and your reporting on that? Uh, the, this, this Wilder Fury saga never ends. <laughs> I, I thought we thought we reached the apex, right? A couple of weeks ago with all the name calling and crazy accusations. And then now this, Deontay Wilder's team is pushing through with the dispute resolution provisions in that contract. As you know, Lance, it was a, a two-fight deal, essentially, uh, with the first fight. Well, it was the rematch, but the first fight of this deal this, on February 22nd, the loser had 30 days to exercise the rematch clause. Wilder did quickly. It was going to go July 18th, and then Wilder cited injury, and then in the contract, it had allowed for a 90-day delay, uh, pushing out to October, I think it was 17th, right? No, 18th. Right. But that would be the, that would be the deadline. They were going to go October third, and pandemic came, pushed the fight off December nineteenth. That day was no longer good because of college football for ESPN and Fox. Finally, Fury said, "You know what? Screw this. I want to fight. I want to stay active. I, I didn't owe him the rematch past October anyway. I was trying to be nice. I'm going on with my life and my career, and I'm going to fight a geek Caballero on December fifth in London." Now Wilder saying, "Not so fast." The, the contract says that he's allowed to push through with mediation in, in such an event. This being boxing, they thought of this <laughs> coming up. And mediation is expected to begin this week, I am told. I spoke to Wilder's manager, Shelly Finkel, who confirmed everything and also told me that he hopes to have a resolution before the end of the year on this matter and that he is hopeful that their side has a great case and they're going to get something out of this. And what's interesting to me, Lance, is after mediation is arbitration with the same person. It's a retired judge, and that's binding arbitration. So he's going to have the contracts. He's going to figure out who deserves what, and we'll go from there. My question to you is, is do you even want to see this fight again? You know, we've talked about it, and I think that the the best thing for all parties is to let some time pass. I want to see the fight again, and I do believe that Deontay Wilder can rehabil- rehabilitate himself 
to make that fight even more interesting than than what it would be is if they fight if they tried to fight it right now. Um, I think it's very interesting, Mike, that you know this that with all this stuff going on. Tyson Fury wanting the fight in in early December is that fight date now in trouble based on what's going on. I mean, they're going to have to have a quick ruling almost immediately at this first mediation, right? And that's going to be connected to the Fury fight that's looming. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I would expect at this point that it's going to be pretty hard to stop that December 5th fight from happening. But do they seek damages? Do they settle on a new date afterward if the arbitrator rules in Wilder's favor? This is just textbook boxing, right? These <laughs> Nothing's ever easy. We went through a whole dog and pony show last year with the Andy Ruiz-Anthony Joshua rematch. Look, no one, I'm you. I'm sure you agree, no one's thinking that Fury's trying to avoid Wilder or anything. Right. Certainly not after the beating he gave him. He just wants to go move on with his career. He was willing to push it all the way to December 19th. And I'm told that Top Rank and Fury are going to argue that the contract does not include a rematch that goes on in perpetuity. Okay. Wilder's so side is going to argue differently. We're going to see what happens. But more shenanigans in boxing. Look, I mean, Tyson Fury's a smart guy, Mike, and, and clearly we don't know what the conversations were between him and his promoters. But clearly, I think all of, all of these heads got together and said exactly what we're talking about right now. Like a wilder fight could still make sense, but doing it right now when, when a Joshua fight is so close to happening just doesn't make sense. And I mean, it's, it's, it's very sound, uh, you know, boxing business thinking. So I understand everything that Tyson Fury is doing. And, you know, look, I think that ultimately when that mediator looks at the, the things that at least the way that they've been explained to me and you, I believe he's going to allow Fury to proceed with his career. And they will probably have some kind of, you know, agreement in place to fight at some point by a certain date. You know, who, when that is, who knows? But I cannot see Deontay Wilder being successful in this appeal and, and basically stepping in front of uh, a Fury-Joshua fight. I'd be very surprised if they delay that. Yeah, Fury-Joshua is certainly the fight we all want to see. It's by far the biggest fight you can make in boxing. And anything that would delay that further would be bad for the sport. But we'll see what the mediator has to say. A fight we do know is happening is this Saturday, Terrence Crawford against Kilbrook, welterweight championship on ESPN in Las Vegas. You're going to be there. And we're going to be joined by Kell Brook right now to discuss why he thinks he's going to shock the world and show the Kell Brook of old. All right, guys, we're going to step aside real quick and hear from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now we're going to be joined by former welterweight champion Kel Brook, jumping back into a big fight with Terrence Crawford Saturday on ESPN and also on Premier Sports in the UK. Kel, thank you so much for joining us. First off, you know, a lot of people are writing you off right now. I know you know that. Tell everyone why they're going to be in for a shock. They're going to be in for a shock because they're in with me. He's in with the special one. And I know what I've done in this training camp. 
I know what I've put myself through in the gym. I've there's not been no stone unturned in this in this training camp. So I'm there's no excuse. I'm gonna come in there one thousand percent physically, mentally, you know, on 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 where I need to be. Yeah, I mean, look, there's no doubt that you were one of the elite fighters in the sport for some time. You showed that in your 2014 victory over Sean Porter. You you lost to Kennedy Golovkin, but no one could blame you for that. You moved up two weight classes to fight maybe the biggest puncher in the sport. You fought a great fight against Errol Spence Jr., but you haven't looked the same in recent years. Would you attribute that more to fighting down to the level of your opposition? Yeah, I always rise to the occasion. You know, I always, that's what, you know, I've always been told from, from, from a trainer that I always seem to do enough. You know, I always seem to just, whatever's in front of me, I always seem to do enough. But I I know that I'm going to need to do, be the best Kel Brook I can be for this fight. You know, the, the best performance I've ever put on to beat Terence Crawford because he, he is a superb fighter. But that's why I put myself in this position put myself through it in the gym and I know that I, I'm I'm coming to, 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 to steal the show. I'm coming to become two-time world champion. You know, I'm not just coming in there to make up the numbers. I'm coming in there really believing that I'm going to become world champion and that, and that's a dangerous man. I'm, I've, been a, I've been a happy man all the way through this training camp. As much as this COVID's uh, been terrible for, for the world, you know, I've still I've still been happy and I'm a, and a happy fighter, the dangerous fighter as you well know. So I'm going to have to surprise him and to shock the world. Sometimes, Kel, I mean, time away or, you know, taking on opponents that are not pushing you to the max, obviously like Golovkin and Spence did, can be beneficial to you. I was there ringside in 2014 when you beat Sean Porter so impressively. I mean, that was such a gritty performance. How close to that version are you right now? I believe I'm a better version of that, that guy. Tell me why. Just, just because you never stop learning in this sport and in life. And I used to balloon up in weight and take the weight off and end up getting ill because you know I'm not not having enough calories and everything else. Um, but I've I've as soon as this when I, I, I it was me what went out and seen Uncle Bobbin when Wilder and Fury was there, and I said if if Terence needed dance dancing partner, look no further. Right. And that's how I read this fight more or less got you know got talked about and started building up. So in back of my mind, I've you know I've I don't blown up like I used to do. I've been at a nice nice weight for a long time. My body's uh, leveled out at the uh, a nice weight. So it's not like I'm killing myself and taking lots of weight off. You know, so I mean I've been able to get the fuel in with, with my nutrition and 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 uh, perform one thousand percent better in the gym. Get more out of myself. So. And I've obviously been in with, I've been, that, that was my first big fight. And obviously a young kid going in at 28 against a world champion. Yeah. You know, I were a bit green, you know, but I know what to expect. I've been in with, I've been in with the best in the world in Golovkin at middleweight and Errol Spence, who was supposed to be the man uh, in the worldweight division. So I've got, I've grown experience. I've grown experience and I know what it takes to be a champion. I, I know I'm coming in the underdog. I'm, I've got nothing to lose, but you know I know that I'm gonna come in there. And if he, if he, if if he, even if he's trained his artar, he's in there. We're a real fighter. What, what's got the heart of a lion? What believes there that he can, he can, he can um, pull this massive, massive upset up? Don't forget, everyone's going about. I'm 34 years old. He's no spring chicken himself. It's only a year or 
he's only a year younger than me. You know, he, he don't forget he's not he's not for anyone like me who believes he's gonna win. And he started at lightweight, coming up the weight divisions. I'm a natural welterweight, a big welterweight at that. Who who campaigned at middleweight and light middleweight. Um, so he knows he's got a real fight, and y'all should know this too. I'm not just making the numbers up. Me, I'm going in there to become two-time world champion. You're looking at the you're looking at the man who's going to be the number one in the world. Certainly, no one can question your courage, Cal. And I mean, I we example number one is is what you just talked about: your decision to step up and fight Gennady Golovkin when no one in the world wanted to fight this guy at, when he was a reigning as middleweight champion. But in hindsight, considering and you were doing well in that fight. But in hindsight, looking back at what happened to you, do you have any regrets at all of, of maybe biting off more than you could chew in taking that fight? You know, probably, yeah, you're probably right because you, you, can't, you can't put a, a price tag on your health. And what my family had to see me go through, I had my eye took out, you know, an, an eight-hour surgery and not being able to, you know, that's your health, you know, without going in depth with it, you know, it's your health and it's... You can't put you can't put money on that, you know. Obviously, everyone everyone to win this, everyone to win a fight and come out, you know, healthy and everything else. But when your health starts getting affected, it's it's you don't want to be in the sport, you know. So, you know, it's a, it is a sport. It's a love it sport. I've had some I've had some fantastic, great nights. I've had some terrible nights with my family. So, but it's a sport that we we do love and hate. And you know, I just put myself in this. I put myself in this position. I'm, my, me and my teams made this fight against, you know, you know, what the pound arguably the pound for pound best fighter in the world. And just being out just being out being out of England, being being with people who I want to be around me and being in this opportunity fighting for this world title and becoming two time world champion and putting myself down uh, in history. Um that's that's what it's all about. Uh, since when you know when I'm nine years old and Every fighter always dreams about becoming world champion, and this is one of these times where I'm up against it. A lot of people are writing me off, but that just gives me that extra fire in the belly, burning, you know, to to all them haters and doubters out there to to prove them wrong. Because I know what, what's in my heart and why I know what I can do, and I know that I can. I know that I can beat this guy. I don't don't get me wrong. This guy is one hell of a fighter, one hell of a fighter. But I am too. I can I can switch it. I've got great balance, a great jab. Vicious power, and when you know, if I hit you, I'm gonna finish you. Yeah, Cal, you mentioned your health. We just saw Naoya Inoue on Saturday in his first fight following surgery to repair that fractured orbital bone, showed zero ill effects whatsoever. You suffered one against Errol Spence, and then and then you injured the other eye against Golovkin. So, you, do you see that hindering you at all? Or, I mean, has it or do you feel any effects at all? No, you know, because you've got to be crazy to be a fighter as it is. You know, and I don't, I don't give it a second thought. Now nah, it's it's done. It's it's in the past. I've had mis- I've had scans done, and you can see you can see the metal in my eye, but the bone has 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 bonded over the top of it. And what you're looking at now is Terminator. You've seen that film, aren't you? Terminator. I've got metal. I'm indestructible now. I'm, I feel very confident in my in my face, being able to take these shots, and the determination I've got to. To, to go in there and to prove all these doubters wrong is is so high. Yeah, I'm doing you mentioned this fight your resume. This is for me. This one. 
You mentioned your resume. There's no doubting whatsoever that your level of opposition completely dwarfs Terrence Crawford's. I mean, you've already fought three elite fighters in Sean Porter, Errol Spence Jr., and Gennady Golovkin. In my opinion, you know, Terrence Crawford hasn't faced that level of opposition at all. His best opponent was Victor Postal, who is nowhere near the level of those three guys. How do you see that playing out in the fight? I just think that this is my time. I just do believe this is my time. He's not he's not boxing any, anything at my level, you know, and, and y'all know you know that. Y'all guys know that he's boxed these smaller guys, Rungonda and I mean, um who's that he's these box guys what have been uh, lesser than me. You know, I'm a huge welterweight with with disturbing power, animal I'm criminal criminal, criminal power. You know, I'm I possess. And I'm a man possessed in this fight. Um, I'm ready to do whatever I need to do to get that win. You know, I'm ready to walk through bullets, through fire to become two-time world champion. I'm going to leave it all in that ring on the 14th. Win, lose, or draw. I'm, I'm coming to bring it. If he can beat me, he is the man what you're saying he is. Because trust me, I'm coming hard for this fight. I, know, I mean, certainly, Kel, you understand the doubts around you though, right? I mean... Well, if this was Kel Brook coming off of the Spence fight, you know, no one. Yeah, there's doubters. This is boxing. That's why. That's why. That's why you've got jobs. We, we've all got jobs. Everyone's got their own. Um, everyone's got their own opinion. You know. You know. We look how many people have got it wrong. Thea Lopez at the weekend. Lamachenko. Nobody thought that little twenty-four year old, bar me, were going to do it. I tell the world that he was going to be here, and look, everyone's shocked. You know, Wilder Fury, everyone was shocked that he dealt with him. Um, this is boxing, you know that. You've seen these upsets. It's not like it's going to be a massive upset. It's not, like, it's not like, I can't believe it, me beating Terrence. Don't be shocked. No, not at all. What I was going to say is just that if you were coming off the Spence fight, you know, people might be picking you to win. And it's just a question, I think, for most of us of just where your form is at after the layoff, after the opposition. That's all. So that's why yeah, I'm so intrigued by this I know, fight. I know what you're, th- I know what you're saying, and I know what you're saying, and even I don't know uh, the until you get in that ring and it's fight now. But I, I, honestly, what I'm doing in training and what I know, y'all guys don't know what I know. What, what happened in the Errol, the you know the Errol Spence fight? You know, real and truthful, I shouldn't have even got in the ring, but because but it is what it is. I, no excuses. The, this is a different animal going in there with, with Terence Crawford. It's a different animal. There's no excuses. There's nothing. If he can beat me, he will have de- he will have earned it big time. He will have definitely earned it. Trust me, because I just you you just watch, you just watch what, on the forty. One of you the th- one of the things, Kel, is that you've actually watched Crawford fight in person. I know I've seen you at least at one of the fights. Has it been the last couple? I know. Were you at the Khan no, fight? I've only been to one fight. And Which that one? Amir Khan. Okay. Amir, what? Amir Khan at Madison Square Garden. I've seen him. It were a bit of a weird. It were a weird one because yeah. he got caught. He, you know, everyone knows he's very delicate around his whiskers, Amir Khan, and he got put down in the first round. And they never. It would have from then on in. You know, the he went into his shell and everything else, and then Terence just dominated the fight. You know, so. I didn't really take too much from that. He caught him. He's, he's, he's unorthodox and stuff. And he came out and uh, he landed his shot and he, and he ended up putting Amir Khan down. But, you know, he it's, it's a different fight. The, Amir Khan and all these guys aren't me. This is a completely different fight. You uh, you did watch his last fight against Mean Machine where he got dropped. Yeah, I, I know they didn't score it as a knockdown, but he did get dropped in that fight. Do you see Terrence Crawford diminishing in any way right now? 
I don't see him diminishing. No, I don't see him diminishing. I'm, I'm not going to start saying he's over the hill and diminishing. He's, he's everyone's saying he's the pound for pound best fighter in the world, isn't it? So he's not diminishing. But I know one thing: we've seen him. We've seen his boots being smoked a few times. We've seen him have a little wiggle on his legs, his little his little skinny legs down there. So wait till I get him. Wait till I hit him. Kel, it's obvious that you're supremely confident. I love it. Um, one more question before you go. You mentioned in an interview actually with The Athletic that you were, you know, you were unsure about Eddie Hearn's loyalty. What, what happened there with your longtime promoter? Come on. Yeah, I know you were running for this one. I know you were running for this one. <laughs> Me and Eddie can work together in the future. We can. This is boxing. We can work together in the future. He's always been involved in this fight. I've got messages showing that. But we're not going down that line tick for tat. Either talker, I'm the fighter. We'll talk about everyone knows that me and it, me and him go way back and we can be involved again. This is just boxing. And it did what else is that what else were, were happening for me? I needed to go out there and, be, and and make this fight and become two-time world champion. So Eddie and fine. We're fine, me and Eddie and we'll, we'll you know we can work to, we're gonna work together in the future. Eddie, hey, Eddie's a talker, you're a talker too. How are you gonna win? Give me the prediction. You have to tune in. Obviously, you are going to tune in, but I can see a, I can see a knockout. I can see me stopping. I can see I'm not looking for like I'm going in to knock him out, but I think that I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to stop him. You know what? What I've been playing over and over in my mind that I'm going to hurt him. I know that I'm going to hurt him at uh, some point in the fight, and uh, I'm a great finisher, and I'm going to jump on him. Um, but also at the same time, believe you me, I, I'm ready for 15 rounds. I'm ready to, I'm ready to, I'm ready. I'm just going to one round at a time. And if, you know, if that, if that opportunity comes where I, where I rock, where I smoke his boots up, I'll take care of him there. Kel, we can't wait for the fight. We really appreciate you giving us time. Everyone tune in next on Saturday, ESPN, Premier Sports in the UK, welterweight title fight, Kel Brook versus Terrence Crawford. Premier Sports. Lance, let's pause really quick and hear from our sponsor. All right, there you have it from Kel Brook. He calls his power, quote-unquote, criminal. Huh. And uh, look, Lance, you got to like this guy's moxie and his confidence. It all came off as very legitimate and real to me. I hope he's in the great shape he says he is. I hope he's the Kel Brook of old. If he is, it's going to be a great fight. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I mean, obviously, he's got a lot of uh, questions to answer, and some of those will will begin immediately, like when it comes to uh, making weight on you know, the day before the fight. I was looking it up. He hasn't fought at 147 pounds since May 2017, and before that, his his only fight at 147 was on in March of 2016. So. You know, it's like, wow. I mean, he, he's, he looks very frail already and he still has, you know, significant weight to cut, uh, before Friday. So that's going to be the, really the most interesting thing to watch before even a punch is thrown, right? Yeah. I mean, you and I are going to have back to back, uh, intriguing weigh ins that we covered in person, right? I covered Javante Davis, like Santa Cruz weigh in where Javante made weight on the first attempt, much to the surprise of everyone. You're going to have a, a close look at these guys in Vegas. What it stands out to me, though, Lance, is like you said, look, Brooke is already in incredible shape. Like, you look at his body, he's ripped. And he's already pretty big. Can How much is there really to boil off that frame? This is a guy who was a top welterweight. He, he beat Sean Porter in 2014. He I thought he you know, won the first four or five rounds against Spence before he was knocked, you know, he's, before he was stopped. Yeah. But 
what kind of welterweight is he now if he is a welterweight no, it's a great question, Mike. And look, I mean, we, we just heard how confident he is. And you would hope that that confidence is rooted in the fact that he believes that he can shed these pounds, make this weight, and still put up a strong performance against, you know, someone we both have ranked in our top five uh, pound for pound against Terrence Crawford. I mean, it's going to be a heck of a tough fight. And when you consider the, the quality of the opposition that Kell Brook has taken on his in, in within the last five years, with uh, Gennady Golovkin, Errol Spence Jr., and now Terrence Crawford. It's so it's so impressive. You talk about a guy who fights with his heart on his sleeve and definitely is pushing himself to the limit. It's Kel, Kel Brook. It's going to be uh, so intriguing, and it's going to be so intriguing too, Mike, about it seems like the clock is running, and I know we've heard you know kind of some different time frames about uh, you know how much time is remain remaining on the relationship between Terence Crawford and his promoter type top rank. It seems like it could be anywhere between like the summer and the fall of next year. Uh, you would know with with maybe one or two fights remaining after this. Do you think that he will ultimately stay with top rank? It seems like he's got a, 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 a the opportunity to do so, awaiting the Josh Taylor Jose Ramirez winner. But then after that. It's like this guy's got to want to be uh, stepping in against those uh, PBC welterweights to really unify this division the way he wants to and pr- to prove himself, you know, as he, uh, you know, sees himself as the best welterweight among this whole group. You know, if I was uh, a biggest odds maker, Lance, I would set it at around minus 250 that he leaves top rank on next wow. year and heads to PBC. He's wanted the big fights for so long. Top rank hasn't been able to deliver it. And look, I don't put all the blame on top rank. PBC didn't want to give them the fights either. They didn't want to help them out. So Crawford's going to be 34 next year. If he's going to want to do these fights, he already does not get, he doesn't have a great relationship with the top rank to begin with right now. And I think he's going to, I think that's obvious, right? From reading your Q and a and a lot of his other interviews too. He just isn't in a great spot with them right now. I think he's going to leave. And but look, before he does leave, Lance, I want to know from you, do you think Brooks going to give him a good fight or is this going to be, a, you know, Amir Khan redux? I don't think it's going to be that bad, Mike. I, I think that Kell Brook is going to show up as long. I, I think, again, I go back to the weigh-in. If he can make that way, I think that we've, you know, we have, we'll have seen this guy is completely focused and locked in on, you know, what everyone perceives as this incredible, you know, it's basically the odds are, are so stacked against him. But I think Kell Brook, in talking to him, he, he is so, so much embracing this, this whole idea that no one thinks he has a chance. And I think when you're talking about a proud champion like this, I think he's going to figure out a way, um, to find, you know, to, to hang in there against Tara Cro- Terrence Crawford. And I think it, it kind of reminds me of like what, uh, uh, Benavides did against, uh, Terrence Crawford. You know, he found a way to hang in there and lean on his skills. And I think we're going to see the, the best of Kell Brook. I know he's getting older. I know he's struggled with this weight. But I think this is a very proud man that will will be able to take the uh, the fight into the late rounds. What's going to happen after round eight? I have no guarantee over. But I think it will be somewhat entertaining up until that point. I don't think it will be anywhere near uh, the mismatch that we saw with his countryman uh, Amir Khan against Terence Crawford. What's your own thoughts? Um, it all depends on what Kell Brook we're going to see. Kell Brook versus Terrence Crawford in 2016, 15, that would have been a great fight, a 50, 50 fight, probably maybe, you know, slightly in Crawford's favor right now. I just haven't seen Kell Brook look that great in a long time. He's had two fractured orbital bones. I think, I think Crawford is going to dominate and, and 
maybe stop him late. Um, but I know Kel's going to give his all, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope Kel has a lot left, and he proves us all wrong, and he shows that it was just fighting down to the level of his opposition. Yeah, I'm going with the theory, Mike, that you know he really hasn't fought anyone of substance, um, you know, for so long now that you know those three fights that he's taken on. So I think that you know he's had time to sort of like re- get refreshed a little bit, and yes, you know, bones heal, um, you know, your your body heals up in that much time. And this is, again, uh, a guy who definitely knows how to box. So I think that he can turn back time a little bit. I think he's capable of doing that anyway. Uh, now watch Crawford not come out in the first. <laughs> but let's <laughs> no, see. No, I agree. This yeah. guy is capable. He's a capable guy. There's no doubt he's a top top operator when he's on his game. So, But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the fight. I know you're looking forward to being back out there. It's going to be great. And ESPN certainly behind it. I saw the spot last night on Monday Night Football. Great to see that. Um, not great to see Ryan Garcia, Luke Campbell delayed after Campbell tested positive for COVID. COVID's not going away without a without a fight, unfortunately. And I know Ryan Garcia. I've been told that he wants to fight on December fifth. He's looked at Javier Fortuna. The zone's not going to do that though. The Garcia Campbell fight is a great fight. There's no reason to push it off when he seems that he's only going to be out a couple of weeks. And look, they're looking at what, December 19th, maybe it's later than that, December 26th. But from everything I've heard, Lance, it's still going to go forward. But what are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the situation similarly, Mike, with uh, Jamel Herring, which was a, a title fight, you know, that was only a couple of weeks. And I think, you know, when you're talking about a positive uh, COVID result, you need to quarantine for those 14 days. That's two weeks. So that's that seems to be the the classic time frame that they can, you know, just wait that out and get this fight uh back in shape i you know i'm told that it, it will likely remain in at fantasy springs casino in indio california and i was also told that the zone still plans to unveil its global app on december 1st so even though that they were going to make a big deal you know of linking that to the campbell garcia fight that unveiling is still going to happen and obviously, you know, that fight, if it's if it remains in December, Mike, it's not the end of the world, you know, by any stretch. It's not like an injury that's going to delay a fight by two or three months. So looking forward to that fight. Obviously, a, a great test for uh, Ryan Garcia, his first legitimate test facing a guy who's already fought for the lightweight title twice, once against Jorge Linares and another time against Vasily Lomachenko, gave him some problems in that fight. And look, for Ryan Garcia, Mike, to jump ahead, I mean, it's this ongoing battle that's going on at around 135 pounds. And we saw a um, another guy that was in the mix there with Devin Haney fighting uh, Yuri Gamboa this past Saturday. Look, from my standpoint, from what I saw in that fight, Mike, it's like a lot of people were saying that Devin Haney needed to be especially impressive. He needed to pursue the kill. He needed to get that big knockout because, you know, the 135-pound unified champion, Tita Fiuma Lopez, was so impressive in defeating Vasily Lomachenko. And Gervonta Davis was, you know, so incredibly impressive with that knockout of the year against Leo Santa Cruz that Haney had to do something to match them. But he didn't, you know. He just, he basically leaned on who he is. He's a 21-year-old you know, secondary champion, basically, who's undefeated and who can box. And he let his boxing skills shine against a 38-year-old guy who, you know, does know how to box, but Haney didn't leave himself open. He didn't really, you know, leave himself too vulnerable to any kind of trouble that 
uh, Gamboa could apply. And while he, he loses the PR battle, you know, I don't think there's times where boxing is not all about PR. It's just about winning. And I think that's what Devin Haney did. You know, he won this fight and he says, look, I'm still going to be here for all these guys and I want to fight all these guys. I have no fear in me. I mean, he told us that on the show last week. So to me, this is, this is not the biggest crime in the world. Obviously, it would have been nice if he had matched what the other guys had done leading into the Ryan Garcia fight. And we're going to be watching to see if he can pursue the, the knockout as well. But, you know, Devin Haney showed he's a quality boxer. And, and to me, there's nothing really wrong with that. Yeah, Lance, that's the problem with all these titles and just the way the boxing culture is right now. It doesn't really do much for, uh, much for anyone seeing Devin Haney dominate Gamboa. He, he's not being asked to do much, you know. He's, he's easy and happy to, to cruise. So, look, if he faced a better opponent, might he fare better? Yeah, he might. I but think, you know, Gambo- I think he would. I think he would, Mike. I think that, you know, he's... Um, He's a guy who there's nothing wrong with this. I mean, we saw it from from Floyd, and I'm not calling Devin Haney Floyd, but there's uh, you know boxers, good boxers know how to win fights, and I'm not going to put it past Devin Haney right now that he doesn't know how to win a boxing match against any of these guys. Do I would I rank him above all these guys right now? No, and in fact, I mean, let's let's revisit if you'd like to. Let's revisit our top four. Uh, fighters, you know, among the among those four horsemen, as Ryan Garcia calls them, has your power rankings changed at all based on what you saw in the Haney fight? I mean, you know, for now, based on a resume alone, I'd have to go Teofimo Lopez one, Gervonta Davis two, Devin Haney three, and and Ryan Garcia three B. Just because Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia haven't fought anybody yet, I think they're right now. Obviously, Teofimo has the best win. I know this isn't, isn't exactly going out on the limb what I'm saying right now, but Teofimo is the guy until further notice. And uh, Gervonta Davis, I think I agree with Devin. He's better suited for 130, and we'll see what he could do at 135. So I think the only guy who's proven right now at 135 is Teofimo Lopez. Very good point. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, a push comes to shove, Mike. I probably would say that, but I know I talked a lot of smack on the – uh, after Javante Davis's victory, and I got probably carried away with myself, so I'm going to keep him in the one spot uh, <laughs> until they fight each other. <laughs> so I want to see them fight, you know. So uh, Javante Davis won uh, only because of his sensational knockout power, and I think if he did move up and and wait, he would still carry that not that knockout power up with him. Um, Tia Female Lopez, you know, definitely, definitely right there um, at number two. And then, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say, I'll say Haney three just because I think that he's probably done more with his career at this point, other than, uh, a little bit more than Ryan Garcia with Ryan Garcia four. But Ryan Garcia, look, if he beats Luke Campbell, then he's fought a more substantial guy than Devin Haney's ever fought. So yeah. he's easily no can, can pass, uh, Haney with a victory, uh, hopefully later this month. Yeah. And, uh, Lance, before we get out of here, um, <laughs> want to talk about some, uh, some bad stuff. PBC on Fox main event, Ortiz versus Flores. We knew it was an utter mismatch going in. And look, it is hard when it comes to heavyweights. It's ba- If you're trying to get a guy in a comeback fight, and you know, Ortiz is, has coming off a year layoff. He was brutally knocked out by Wilder last year. There's pretty much have and have nots, right? You have guys that can really handle themselves and just guys who can't. And you sometimes hope for the best and hope they get rounds. And this was definitely not the best. 
Flores was knocked out in, you know, in 45 seconds. <laughs> Ortiz landed two big left hands in the first like five seconds or so of the fight. And then it looked like he was trying to, after that, Flores was looking for a soft spot on the canvas. Um, Ortiz landed like a left hand to the body that didn't really seem to land. And that's what people focused on. But I saw Ortiz also land a right like biceps to Flores' face. Flores beats the count, decides he can't continue. And then now, of course, uh, we reported that An uh, Andy Foster, the head of the executive director of the California State Athletic Commission, has withheld Flores' purse and has ordered him to appear at a hearing to explain just what happens. Not good. Not good at all, Mike. And look, I think that Andy Foster, you know, the head of the California State Athletic Commission, as you said, is ab absolutely the right guy to handle this. Because look, he's told me in an interview before that far too often he sees fight cards and he can basically predict the outcome of these fights before they even go down. And so he, he's bringing with this not, not a skepticism and not a cynicism, but just a, a, a real, you know, feel for, look, these fights are um, way too predictable. And when you have a, a match like this, I mean, it's like this guy, what was this guy doing? Just clearly coming in for the, for the payday, right? That's what it looked like because he went down so easily. You know what? I was thinking about this. It would have been more entertaining, Mike, if Luis Ortiz had put on his King Kong mask and fought the, fought the fight with that mask on. He still could have won <laughs> the same way, right? I mean, come on. This was ridiculous, Mike. I mean... We expect more out of our heavyweight. Sorry. I mean, if you're a heavyweight, you have to, you have to hold yourself up and be a little bit more substantial to those type of punches. Or what are you doing in the ring? I mean, it is Andy Foster is the right guy to ask all these hard questions and, and basically grill this guy the way he needs to be grilled and perhaps grill, you know, the matchmakers and whoever else was involved in, in, in allowing this fight to take place. It just makes it so much worse that this was the main event on Free Fox. This wasn't an FS1 fight or an FS1 undercard fight. This was a main event. It's too bad. Um, look, I, I'm sure PBC didn't expect this, but these are the chances you take with a, with a mismatch like that. And we'll hope for better in the future. We'll see. Did Flores take a dive? I, you know, I honestly don't think he took a dive. I think maybe he felt the power and said, you know what? I'm not... I'm not down for this. That's my that's my take on it. Yes. But again, I wasn't in the ring, and I, I will say, um, I know you've dealt with Andy a lot over the years as you know, as someone who covered the sport for the LA Times. I've actually never spoken to him before I reported on the story somehow, and I was really impressed with his uh, transparency yeah. and seemingly his his resolve in cleaning up the sport. You you know how it is. You talk to Bob Bennett, the commissioner in Nevada, a lot, and he'll kind of like jump around questions and avoid the answers and, oh, judging is not a problem. But Andy Andy really met this head on in the interview, and I appreciate that. Absolutely. He's truly accountable. He is a, he is a good, honest guy, and he's exactly what boxing needs in that, in, that, uh, in that role. I mean, California is the busiest state among all the states when it comes to boxing, and to have Andy Foster, such an experienced guy, say that he's troubled by this outcome, then, you know, someone who's paying attention is troubled. It needs to be delved into. And certainly he's going to uh, bring these people in and ask all the hard questions that need to be asked. Absolutely, Lance. But hopefully no shenanigans this Saturday in Las Vegas. Everyone, you can read along with Lance. He'll be ringside. at the He'll be at the weigh-in. He'll be at the fight. Be with the fighters. You can read him and, of course, my coverage and Sarah Shepard's for a dollar a week at theathletic.com slash Hogan Cop. 